was uh, Memorial Day weekend, and I want to uh, talk to you today about why we celebrate Memorial Day. Now, on this day, you will hear lots of things that will be honoring those who have gave, given their lives for our country. And you've heard these words so many times that they will probably just touch the surface of many of our lives. My goal today, and I really don't know if I'll achieve it, is to have you reach into your life and feel, not think, but feel about the things I'm going to try to say to you this morning. That's the only way we integrate into our lives the tremendous sacrifice that has been made that allows you and I to stand here today. Including the sacrifice that was just read by Dan. The sacrifice of the man, Jesus, who faith says is the Christ, the anointed one the one who came from God to tell us how we could live. That sounds simple enough, right? There's only been thousands of preachers for thousands of years trying to get this through our skull. Hello? Okay, okay. I'm going to begin... I'm going to go through various stages of uh, our country's history to try to illustrate this. There is a metal sign, rusted and scarred on its aqua blue surface, that bears the words, Maryland Heroes. It is suspended above from a corroded piece of iron that holds it above a mass grave of 250 Marylanders, soldiers in the Revolutionary Army, who fell at the Battle of Brooklyn in August 1776. This neglected place marks an important engagement in the Battle of Brooklyn, also known as the Battle of Long Island, which has long been forgotten, and most of you perhaps are hearing this for the first time. It is an important engagement because and it has a vital place in our history, which we have come to understand and to know as America as being an unusual place among the nations of the world. Because of the sacrifice of these Marylanders, the colonial army was allowed to escape and survive and they would not have been able to do that 
had not these men given their lives. Approximately 250 of them. Today that sign hangs in a depressed area of Brooklyn that is filled with auto repair shops, warehouses, and somewhere underneath all this concrete and asphalt lies the remains of these men intermingled with whatever else has been sent down there through the ages. It is really hallowed ground, and should be. In that summer of 1776, these patriots, known as gentlemen of honor, family, and fortune, gave their lives in a series of desperate and suicidal bayonet charges against the British regulars who had bunkered themselves in a stone house which is still standing in this general area. Their assault on that house is one of the most important small unit actions in our entire military history. It brought precious time for Patriot troops to retreat from the British invasion of Long Island. For later that evening, they were able to escape under General Washington's guidance and the Marblehead fishermen who rode them across the East River to Manhattan to escape the 15,000 men the British had gone on to crush Washington's army. These 15,000 were made up of British regulars, the finest troops in the world at that time. British, I mean British Marines and Hessian mercenaries. These men charged at this house in the face of cannon fire and musket fire, and the many of the first ones fell to try to keep the British from moving forward to close that gap in the lines because the army was almost completely surrounded to get back behind the Brooklyn Heights in order to escape the next evening. The Major General of the Marylanders was Major Gist, D-I-S-T, and he kept yelling, close up, close up, ordering them forward under the heavy fire that came from the British, because in that house was General Lord Cornwallis and part of his staff, and so they were defending it ferociously. A century earlier, that house had been built to protect the family and friends from uh, a potential American, Native American attacks on the frontier. This was in the early part of the 1700s, the house was built, and it was built well. Now the King's Army and Cornwallis moved up their light cannons and musket fire 
into the advancing Marylanders, and they were un- but they were unable to stop them. The Marylander painters launched this preemptive strike in order to protect that opening that I talked about. And in doing this, the, the author of the new book that I just read said, the flower of the Southern family's children died, the first ones died on that field. The boldness of this effort unhinged the British who were trying to defend it. And so they got confused, and it allowed that time for others to escape. Hundreds and hundreds of Patriot soldiers went over the hill to the protection of their camp and the redoubts that they had there. George Washington was watching this through his spyglass from a hill far away and moaned aloud, What brave men I lose today! These men delayed the British to allow that army to escape and the war to continue. They they became known as Washington's Immortals, or the 400. And one historian wrote that these men bought one hour in their blood more precious than any other one hour in American history. The book that I just told you this was a new book out called Washington's Immortals by Patrick O'Donnell. I, if you love history like I do, I recommend it to you. The person who led this was Major General Gist. He grew up in Baltimore. Did I say that right? No. There's, there's no T in Baltimore. Baltimore. What do you? How do you say? It? No, you don't say it like that. No, they. Okay. He gets me one way or another. He invited into a tavern many of his close friends gentlemen of honor, family, and fortune, a group of free men, businessmen, builders and ships, wealthy men who had done well, in order to form an independent military unit to protect their rights and and to potentially break away from, from Britain. This is what he said. Just... They wrote a contract or a covenant with each other. These men were regular men who were willing to sacrifice and commit to many enduring years to walk many miles facing brutal winters and sweltering summers without much to eat or much clothing to keep them warm and to never back down even though their powder might run out. This charter of the Baltimore Independent Cadets is what they call themselves. A company of men of honor, family, and fortune who voluntarily join together with all the sacred ties of honor and family to defend and to love 
justice and to protect ourselves and our country. Now, I just told you about many men, and one in particular who you probably know nothing about. This Memorial Day begin to think about the thousands there are, and maybe even close to a million now, who you don't know their names. But we stand here today because of what they have done. There are many unknown to us. And we take one day a year to remember their sacrifice. Remember? Love requires sacrifice. You know that if you're a mother, right? To raise your children. You know that if you're a father. I love the commercial that I saw of a dad on his computer, his uh, laptop. And he's looking at new cars. He's going through them. And the door to his study opens, and the daughter rushes in. She says, Dad, I got into Yale! And then she turns and runs out, and he closes the computer and puts his head down. <laughs> you know about sacrifice for children, don't you? David and Michelle are preparing a wedding for their daughters. They know about sacrifice. Then I want you to think about not only the people that you didn't know about, but I want you to think about why we fight. The best example of why we fight, for me, comes out of the book, I mean, out of the movie uh, Gettysburg. And it is spoken by a Union cavalry, I mean, a Union infantry officer, Joshua Tangle. And by the way, he's a real guy, a real person. And he's in a town, I think it's uh, New Mills, Maryland, marching up towards Gettysburg, where Lee and, and uh, the southern forces are all piling in to face down in the major battle of the Civil War. And he's brought in this movie, and I don't know if this is exactly right, but we have a lot of Chamberlain's writings, because he went on after the, war, uh, after the Civil War to become a three-term governor of Maine, and he was a professor of philosophy and reveal and natural religion at Bowdoin College, and he went on to become the president of Bowdoin College and Brunswick made. And this is what he said to 120 officers, I mean, soldiers from another main company who had quit the army because they were tired of being used in that awful way that our soldiers were used during the Civil War, both North and South. And so he, they they mutinied, in other words, and they were brought to his company because they were the only other main regiment. And so Joshua Chamberlain walked up to them and 
asked them to join them, and he wouldn't guard them. He was even given permission to shoot them. And this is what he says to them, and my remembering of what he says to them. We are the 20th Maine. There were a thousand of us last summer when we started. There are less than 300 of us now, and we can surely use your help. You know why we're here. We joined up because maybe we were bored at home or ashamed not to go, or it looked like it might be fun, or because it was the right thing to do. And all of us have seen men die beside us. But I want you to know this is a different kind of army. If you look back through history, you see men fight for glory, for pay, for women, for land, for power, or because a king leads them, or because they just like violence and killing. We are here for something different, something new in history, in the history of the whole world. It is an idea whose time is blossoming. America must be free ground, all of it, from the Atlantic to the Pacific, not divided between free state and slave state, but all of it free. A place where no person has to bow to another. No one born to royalty. We will be judged just by what we do, not by who our family was. Here, we are free to build something. Here, we are free to build a home. But it's not the land. It's always more land. It is the idea that you and I, all of us, have value. You and me. What we are fighting for, in the end, is each other. When we have been at our noblest, that's what we understand. So remember, those sacrifices were for you and me. 